Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, welcome to Party Friday. Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden, Chuck and Julie grassroots show true straight up that's right the show brought to you by mountain west wellness advanced acupuncture and chinese medicine uh, momentarily we're going to have with us john lott jr wait till you hear what at least one of the awful bills that the democrats are proposing on this session um and then earlier last week i guess it was we talked to you about heidi ganahl's shadow gop party she's trying to create fake grassroots well the website did premiere yesterday i think yeah. it is worse than we thought now now, now we were right. Were we right? We were totally right. We were totally right on that. And then Chuck found this for Party Friday. We've got this great, um, the Trump people put something out that you just have to see. But we have with us now Dr. Don Lott, Dr. John Lott Jr. He's an economist, world-recognized expert on guns and crime, has a great column up in the Federalist right now on California's unconstitutional concealed carry, hurting the very people the Democrats pretend that they want to help. Um, Tom, thank you for, for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me on again. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. You know, before we get to California, I just found this out last night. Here in Colorado, right, The, the Colorado is controlled by the most radical of Democrats. They have a majority in everything, Super right? Majority. Super And they control the governor's office. So anything they propose is actually very dangerous, no matter how crazy it is. There is a bill that just started in the legislature, which just started a couple of days ago, to prohibit school um, security guards from carrying concealed weapons at schools. Um, I mean, this is sort of exactly what you talked about, right? These, that, that, I mean, what do you make of that? Well, I, I think if you're going to have guards, uh, they need to carry concealed and not have uniforms. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, would you have air marshals in uniforms on planes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that can, <clears throat> I mean, I think most people know that that would be pretty stupid and nobody would suggest it because it would let the terrorists know who they have to go and take out. And the same thing happens when you're talking about uh, armed guards in schools. I mean, my own preference is to have teachers and staff carry. I agree. Uh, but if you're going to have a police officer carry, uh, make sure they're not in uniform. Make sure they're carrying concealed. Uh, give them a staff position so they kind of blend in there at the school and it's not obvious uh, who it is. Uh, the attackers have to worry about. We've had, we have, and don't give them any lunch break, and don't give them any lunch breaks or anything else, because you know, no. And we have, we have twenty states that have armed teachers and staff. It varies in the states. Some place like Utah and New Hampshire, any teacher that has a concealed carry permit is able to carry. Other states, they leave it up to the school boards or the school superintendents to determine whether or not the policy is there. But, you know, the thing is, oh, you look, there, you have literally thousands of schools that have had armed teachers for many years now, and there's not been one attack where anybody's been wounded or killed at any of the schools that allow armed teachers. 
I mean, would you rather have a sign in front of the school that says this school is a gun-free zone yeah. or a sign that says warning, select teachers and staff at this school are carrying concealed and will use their guns to protect the students and others? Now, let me give you one simple example. You look at something like the Nashville school shooting last year. In Tennessee, if you violate the gun-free school zone uh, safe act that they have there, you face up to six years in prison. If you or I accidentally carry our permit concealed handgun onto school property there and we get arrested, our lives will be completely changed. Yeah. But let's say you're the murderer there who's killed six people, and let's assume that the murderer had lived. Uh, they died at the scene, but let's say that they had lived, and we're going to be facing six life sentences or six death penalties. Does anybody really think that the murderer will say, you know, geez, yeah, I can put up with the first six life sentences, but you take another six years from my seventh life, and that will just be too much. That will convince yeah. me not to go and commit this crime. The point is, I, I understand people may have good motivations for these laws, but what they end no, up don't. No, is, don't. is ensuring that only the, the, the law-abiding people obey that, and that the criminals know if they go and do the attack, the they'll be the only people with guns because everybody else uh, is going to be obeying the law. Well, they have, to know, they have to know that they're increasing the likelihood of school shootings. Is, is and of course, that, every school policies. shooting is wonderful for yeah, moms so against guns and everything else. So it promotes school shootings, which is good for their agenda. Not to be cynical. No, no, they need to be <laughs> yeah, that. Well, I mean, I, I don't it's kind of hard to get into people's minds, but, and I'm not, I, you know, I don't know if I go as far to say it's intentional that they want to do it, but. Well, if they thought about it, for 12, the of, if they thought about it for 30 seconds, they yeah. figure it out. I mean, they're not dumb people. Well, maybe they haven't thought about it for 30 seconds, but it's just, uh, okay. look, we see this in lots of ways. So it's not like they're being inconsistent, yeah. you know, like you, the left, People want to cut police budgets or they have district attorneys who don't want to prosecute violent criminals. Right. Or we've had liberal judges around the country uh, in 2000, 2001, and even the beginning of 2002 that were releasing half or even two thirds of the inmates from local jails. And yeah. unfortunately, yeah. they stopped doing that. But uh, and we've had bail reform and other things. But, you know, you make it so that you have large numbers of inmates being released and that they're not facing uh, risk from committing crimes, you're going to see more crime. And the problem yeah. is, is that the same people who don't want law enforcement to make it risky for criminals to commit crime also don't want to make it so that civilians are able to protect themselves and make it risky in that way for criminals to commit crime. Right. And, well, and, and why did they do that? Well, you know, anybody who's had kids knows that you have to make sure that people realize that there are consequences for their actions. If you're going to stop kids from misbehaving or whatever, I don't know, maybe they've never had children. Uh, but, you know, it's not like it's rocket science here. If you anything in life, if you make it more costly, people will do less of it. And, and if you make it less costly, you'll see more of it. And, and so, so why and have they gone to? But the just as you well, no. But, but what is the motivation? Uh, have those people also not thought about it for thirty seconds? Well, 
Look, I mean, we see this in lots of areas. You look at national defense. There's some people who think that having a strong military deters bad people from doing certain things. And you have people like Biden who thinks that, well, if we just go and give Iran more money or, uh, you know, try to be nice to people, like taking the hoodies off the terror yeah. list or other things, that they'll behave then. And, uh, you know, it's obviously they have a very different view of how incentives work. They don't think incentives matter in terms of uh, deterring people from uh, doing bad things. Well, and, you know, you brought up a good point that on, on the one hand, then you have all these people like here in Colorado. And, and just as an aside, my guess would be that they're going to try to do that to not just include um, security guards, but to teachers and things like that oh, as sure. well. I mean, you know, but but as you said, so on the one hand, they're letting more criminals out. They're prosecuting fewer criminals. And then on the other and and they're defunding police departments and bail reform and bail reform and all of that. And then on the other hand, as you point out in your column, what they want to do is make it harder almost impossible, frankly, for citizens to protect themselves. And can you go one of the, because I think it was just so interesting reading this, you talk about how, you know, the people who are buying guns and the statistics and things show, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the very people who need to protect themselves the most under this lawless sort of situation the Democrats have created, right? Look, if my research convinces me of anything, there's basically two groups of people who benefit the most from being able to go and protect themselves. They're the people who are the most likely victims of violent crime. And that overwhelmingly tends to be poor people who live in high crime or urban areas, particularly overwhelmingly blacks, who are the victims of violent crime. It'd be great if the police were there all the time in order to go and protect people. But the police, even though the police are extremely important, I believe, in terms of reducing crime, police themselves understand that they virtually always arrive on the crime scene after the crimes occurred. And the question is, what should people do when they're having to confront a criminal by themselves? And having a gun is by far the most effective way. And the other group of people who benefit the most are people who are relatively weaker physically, women in the elderly. You're almost always talking about a young male doing the attack and a young man attacking a woman there's a lot larger strength difference that exists there on average than a man attacking another man. And the presence of a gun represents a much bigger relative change in a woman's ability to go and protect herself than when you're talking about, uh, you know, a man attacking another man. Right. But what you say makes total sense. The only problem I have is you haven't, you haven't <laughs> gotten to the part two, which is the why. And the why is an important one. Um, the, what you're saying, if you said it to anybody with an ounce of, of common sense, well, I agree with that. Um, so why do we have a... Well, I mean, I, look, I think there's lots of things without having to get into kind of benevolent uh, motives for people. I mean, I think everybody thinks that they're doing the right thing. But I'll no, give you an example. You look at the media coverage on, on guns. Yeah. You constantly hear about bad things that happen. You almost never hear about defensive gun uses. You know, so let's say uh, we did a deep dive on media coverage back in 2001. If you look at the year there, the top five newspapers in the United States in terms of circulation, USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times, LA Times, Washington Post, together they had 
2,000, over 2,700 news stories about gun crimes. By contrast, those five newspapers had a total of 10 defensive gun uses. And wow. most of their stories had something go wrong. Right. And, uh, you know, and if you add in CNN and MSNBC, uh, they had no defensive gun uses. So somebody may think that they're very well informed. You know, they read voraciously the major newspapers and listen to CNN and MSNBC religiously. And they may come away with the notion that, look, there's lots of crimes that happen with guns. There's really no benefit that happens. If we just get rid of the guns, people are going to be safer. And I, I don't blame them. You know, the media, you know, what makes something newsworthy uh, doesn't necessarily reflect reality. So let me give you an example. So um, it's during that year, there are like well over 2,000 news stories across the country on defensive gun uses. Uh, over half of the cases that make it into the news are instances where the criminal's been killed. And yeah. if you look at the about 42% involve instances where the criminal's been wounded. And then only about 4% of the news stories involve instances of brandishing a gun in order to stop an attack. And most of those involve cases where the criminal is held at gunpoint until police arrive. Well, the best evidence we have indicates that, in fact, about 95% of the time in the real world, uh, criminal attacks are stopped simply by brandishing. And very few of those actually involve the criminal being held at gunpoint. Now, you're editor of a news bureau, and you have two stories that come across your desk. In one case, there's a dead body on the ground. In another case, let's say a woman's brandished a gun. The would-be attackers run away. No shots are fired. No Nobody harmed. You're not even sure what crime would have been committed. What story are you going to run with in your newspaper? It seems pretty clear. I know I would run with the dead, dead body. body. Right. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, here's the... so you care about both from a policy perspective in terms of what makes people safer. But in terms of what's going to get people's interest, you know, having a case where you're not even sure what crime would have been committed. That's not interesting to most people. And so, but it, it, and so some of it you can explain just on the basic of newsworthiness. Now, a lot of it you can't. I mean, I can go on our website at crimeresearch.org. We collect cases where police have said there would have been a mass public shooting if it hadn't been for the presence of a concealed carry permit holder. Literally like 40 cases uh, since uh, 2020 that we have there. Uh, only a few of those have gotten national news coverage, even though they're dramatic cases where many lives were saved. And even in the few cases where they do get national news coverage, the national news often botches the story. <laughs> and, you know, it just, uh, you know, so it's kind of hard to explain some of those things. Some of these things are particularly puzzling. Uh, you look over time, I'll give you a few cases. Uh, you have something like the Pulse nightclub shooting in Florida. Uh, 48 people were killed. At the time, it was the worst mass public shooting in U.S. history. A week later, there was another attack at a nightclub in South Carolina. Three people were shot. The attacker was shooting at a fourth person when a, a man carrying a permit concealed handgun shot and seriously wounded the attacker, ending the attack. 
they get like no news coverage outside of the local media market. Yes. The, the, the Pulse nightclub shooting was still getting massive national news coverage. Now the, and international coverage, the difference between the two, Florida is one of 10 states that banned people being able to carry permanent concealed handguns in establishments that got more than half of their revenue from alcohol. South Carolina was one of the 40 states that allowed people to carry in places that served alcohol, got most of their revenue from alcohol. You know, you'd think it would be newsworthy. Uh, you look at something like the Parkland shooting. Um, for years, it was getting massive international news coverage. Uh, shortly after the, the Parkland case, not very far away, also in Florida, there was an attack at an elementary school. They were having a big uh, event at a park right next to the school. A man came up, started firing at people. Uh, hundreds of students there, teachers, parents were all there. Fortunately, because it was in a park, people were allowed to carry. And there was a vendor there who had his permanent concealed handgun, shot and seriously wounded the attacker and stopped it. Again, yeah. you will only find local news coverage on that. You would think there would be some, you know, connection in the media between those events, but nothing. And yeah. just make one final point. And that is one of the things that just drives me completely nuts in terms of the media coverage on this stuff. And that is they'll cover very selectively the diaries and manifestos for these mass murders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll just give you one example on that. Time after time after time, and we have all this on our website at crimeresearch.org, they will go and, and explain why they picked the targets that they did. And they'll keep on saying things like they want to get media coverage and they know if they kill lots of people, they'll get more media coverage. And so they'll go and say they want to go to a place where they know their victims won't right. be able to carry guns for protection. They go, they'll explicitly talk right. about going to a gun free zone. My question is, why isn't that newsworthy? Why yes. can't you find even once or twice the media mentioning these guys are explaining why they picked the target. Why isn't right. that newsworthy for people to know that these murderers are explicitly picking places to attack that are gun-free zones? Why yeah. isn't that newsworthy? I want somebody to give me a benign explanation for why the media absolutely refuses to go and mention that. Well, uh, you know, maybe I've got two points. Maybe the first one is Julie and I used to vigorously debate before she became a better person um, <laughs> evolved evolved that, that no no one ever stopped the, a person carrying a gun legal aid ever stopped a crime from happening i mean we'd have these discussions endlessly and i'd i'd cite all these statistics and so forth and show her stories a few you could find but but uh luckily today julie is an evolved woman <laughs> well um, the, the, the second point i own a newspaper I know why stories are printed and not printed. And part of what you say is true, which is if it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead. That That is a right. truism in the publishing business. But all the other ones have nothing to do with that. Yeah, and no, I agree. It's not, it's, and, I agree. And sometimes sometime when I have a little more time, I will tell you why you're in, the answer to all your inquiries about why don't they cover this? Why don't they cover that? Because I have to make that decision 
almost all the time. I am the decider. I'm one who decides. Well, there's a there's a survey that just came out from Syracuse University of Reporters across the country, and uh, only 3.5 percent of reporters uh, call themselves Republicans now. You know, oh, there's yeah. a similar survey that was done uh, in uh, in the early 70s, where you had about 30 percent of republic of reporters classified themselves as Republicans. More importantly, more importantly, less than three percent of conservatives own papers. Um, <laughs> yeah. The rest are Democrats, um, and that decides everything. But, it is not the individual yeah. reporter that makes the ultimate decision. There are editors right. and editors report to editorial boards who report to publishers. Well, and John, I can and there's it. and there's there's a reason for your inquiries that that someday. We'll go into, because I think I know the answer very well. But, and Jen, I can tell you this. I was, a, I was a TV reporter, a crime and cop reporter in Denver for roughly 30 years. And the, the right. vast majority of reporters are totally anti-gun. And and right. I think, and, and it's insidious. And I want to make one point, because I know I have to let you go here pretty soon. But all of this, like you say, adds up to this. There was recently in Denver, Denver public school students walked out earlier this week, I think it was, to protest gun violence and demand more gun control laws. Now, this is apropos of nothing. There wasn't anything that happened in Denver, right? Just randomly, these kids, now I submit it's not random, but these kids. Yeah, I don't think it's random. Really? Uh, but, 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 but you know what you do? And then you know what? And it got covered. It got covered. But you're absolutely right. If a group of students were to try to organize and say, we want to go out and demand more concealed carry permits. Teachers people, carry. Right. Exactly. That would Te- never get news coverage. And in fact, those students would probably be expelled for inciting violence, you know? Right. Let me. Right. Well. Oh, well, I know. Well, here's the one. Because the good, the good news is, though, I mean, there are people like you, though, who, as Chuck said, I mean, I was uninformed, right? You just know what you see. And there are places like you, crimeresearch.org, where people can go and can find this kind of thing. And I think with the, the advent and some of the changes at Twitter and social media, people don't have to rely on. And, and I think the proof is sort of in that the number of people who are buying, who are buying guns, right? I mean, that's not going down. Your average citizen oh, yeah. isn't. You're saying, oh, well, guns don't matter. We have over half of, half of households uh, have have guns right now. But, I mean, there's still a huge amount of bias in the Internet, yeah. like Google, for example. Oh, yeah. uh, lots of websites. Our traffic, we were getting about 350,000, 400,000 hits a day up until January uh, 2017. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> our traffic fell by like 98%. Wow. And low sense then just because and and there are a number of other conservative sites and others that Google censors, you know, right. blacklist in terms of and just using it for looking up stuff. I mean, one can only imagine what impact it has on elections and other things that just oh, yeah. you know, exactly. people using Google searches for number, for number. And the other search engines like Yeah, most of the other search the search engines are worse. Oh, yeah, they're not any better. Well, let me, one more, because so, it is, the education is important. And again, I recommend folks, you have a great column up there in the Federalist. One more time, like what, yeah. talk a little bit about your, your website and what kind of stuff people can find there. Well, we're basically a group of academics and researchers. I've also worked in the Department of Justice and we know where the data is on stuff. And so, for example, we have studies on the rates that 
uh, active shooting attacks are stopped by civilians legally carrying uh, concealed handguns. We have information on mass public shootings. We just put up uh, detailed data on the types of guns, whether they're occurring in gun-free zones, the ages of attackers, whether they've had past military service, on and on type of details that are there. You know, so you take something like mass public shootings, you know, you'll hear that there's, you know, 650 of those a year or something like that that will be occurring. And what will happen is somebody like Biden will go out and he'll mention Uvalde or he'll mention the Lewiston one. And then he'll say, you know, there's 600 of these that have occurred so far this year. The thing is, you know, they're not the same things. You know, the vast majority of the 600 that he's talking about are drug gangs fighting against each other over drug turf. And most of the rest are like robberies. If you look at a mass public shooting where a gun's fired in public, not part of some other type of crime like a gang fight or a robbery, um, and where four or more people are killed, you're talking about between three and eight of those occurring a year over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, but yet, it, you know, I'm not saying that drug gang fights over drug turf aren't important, but the causes and solutions for how you're going to go and deal with those versus how you're going to stop these types of mass public shootings, where the whole point is simply to try to go and kill or maim as many people as possible are very different. Yes. And yet they want to try to conflate those two types of things. And, and even then, you know, they're including, you know, this number 600 includes three or more people wounded and or killed or injured, actually. So it doesn't even necessarily involve people who are shot. Somebody may be running and trips and gets hurt uh, there uh, versus the kind of the traditional four or more killed. So there are lots of things in terms of the definitions and stuff. So anyway, we have lots of detailed information. Well, you guys do a tremendous job, and it's a great resource to educate people like Julie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, who deny, who previously denied. Uh, no, I do not. Dr. Watt, thank oh, you so nobody much. Nobody needs to take our word for this on our website, like when we go through and look at the active yeah, shooting reports to go yeah. and we have news articles linked to all the cases so that people can double check them. Or if you want to yeah, go and see all fantastic. these mass public shootings that police say were stopped by citizens carrying guns, we have links to the underlying stories that cite the police officers. And, no, and Julie exactly. needs to check more of those. That's right. Hey, sir, thank you for your time on this. <laughs> thank you. You're doing great. Have as a always. great weekend. You guys do a great thank job. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Um, and, you know, and this is interesting. That's Dr. John Lott, um, CrimeResearch.org. Charlene kind of hits it on the head the same way you do. She says, the Bolsheviks are in charge. Will the media matrix convince us to turn in our guns like the Australians did, or do they round them up? I mean, that's the thing, because you even take your why, and, and I, he didn't want to go there. but Well, you know. okay, at reporting, there's always four Ws. Who, what, where, why. Um, John and his guys do a tremendous job of the first three. Uh, but the last one's important. Why? Why right. do you get the coverage here? Why? Is it just because the reporters are lefties? Do the reporters decide the stories they'll do? No. Well, I think you're right. And why do the Democrats push this? It's because they want to. And it is because they want chaos and because they want us unarmed and because they want us to be able, they want to be able to force us to do whatever they want. Yes. Right. And I mean, Charlene, you kind of, and there were a ton of great comments there, guys. I think we didn't have all time to... Um, 
It's from Charlene, strange they won't let us have armed security in schools or check-in stations. Um, from Jim Jackson, Columbine in a broadcast. After that, a radio host asked a black leader if that could happen in Manual High School. And he said, no, a kid would have gone to his locker and got a gun and stopped that. And it's like, <laughs> um, um from Jacob, all those who were killed in the gun-free zones never lived to complain about gun-free zones. All those who were pro-abortion are alive. See the pattern there. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, so that was, he was great. He, yeah, and, yeah. and it's just, well, and again, if you miss the beginning of the show, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to him is we're in like, what, day two, day three of the legislature, and already Democrats are proposing, among other things, essentially de-arming or unarming security guards in schools. I think it's a good idea. Right. right? It's like, why would we want to harden the target? Nope. We've already done, you know, it's at Denver Public Schools. They had all of that hullabaloo, right? We need security guards. We need security guards. Finally, like, okay, I guess we do. And they're like, but that's not let them have guns. Yeah. So who would want to, number one, who would want to be a yeah, security guard? Yeah, I think guard? I'll go in there. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, huh? <laughs> and number two, what could be stupider? But you got to worry about what they're going to pass. Hey, want to move on to something else. This is the, the Chuck and Julie. We were right on Party Friday segment of the show. Last week, we told you about Heidi Ganahl setting up and pitching investors. We had leaked videotape given to us um, about um, she was essentially setting up a shadow GOP government, or I guess, party. Right. And it was posing as grassroots. She was talking grassroots, grassroots, grassroots. Um, and the website Rocky Mountain Voice launched today. And when you said we were more right than even we imagined. Well, it's interesting. We were wrong on one or two particulars, um, and we'll kind of go into that um, in a second. But why don't you go over the more fun part where we were right? More fun part. Well, you were just wrong on the little minute Anschutz thing, and I still think you're right on that. But so Heidi Ganahl, number one, assured us this is grassroots, grassroots, grassroots. She just needed to get us all rowing in the right direction. Well, her website revealed exactly what that direction is, exactly like we said, Rhino. And then she also taught, was, you know, said, oh, no, I want to work with Dave Williams. And I, Thomas luckily had that soundbite said, Thomas, this is what she said when asked, are you going to work with the state GOP? If you could please play the Heidi Ganahl soundbite there niche that we're trying to fill and that's really getting the activists the grassroots folks across the state um, rowing in the right direction and leading effective efforts to make a difference here in Colorado giving them good data and technology to do their jobs and then also building a messaging machine so that we can actually get some alternative voices out there um, than what the echo chamber likes to tell us all the time and and um I think we'll work with the Gazette and some of the other great publications and organizations across the state, John Caldera, to give to highlight their efforts, not go against them, but to highlight and bring everybody up and raise the ocean. And then she went on to say that, oh, well, don't worry. I will work with Dave Williams. Dave and I get along. We're going to work with Dave Williams, work with Dave Williams. Let's get to the legal stuff. Yeah. He's our legal. He's our legal. Well, he's, well, and then, so what is this Rocky Mountain Voice? The first, the right out of the bat, what do they do? They put up articles by the Gazette trashing Dave Williams, yeah, right? Yeah. When you go to the Rocky Mountain Voice, there's some benign stuff there. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. But there are articles all over the place trashing Dave Williams. Yeah, Jimmy Stengerberg. <laughs> Trashes um, Dave Williams. Um, Joy Overbeck. Well, yeah, Joy Overbeck, once again, the, you here's the thing, guys. So, so Joy Overbeck writes a column, why Why are there rhinos? Don't be calling people rhinos. Once again, the, anyone who doesn't want to be called a rhino is a rhino, right? Yeah, just go no further. If you don't want to be called a rhino, you're you are. a rhino. So tell it to the hand, right? Um, and, and so then she goes on to say, we shouldn't be criticizing Republicans and goes on to what? Criticize. She goes after, in particular, Ted Harvey. 
um, who grassroots. grassroots guy who's running in CD5 um, against against the establishment ones. Um, and she trashed them three or four times. And then she says, now, no criticizing Republicans anymore. <laughs> None of that. Unify. Unify, unify. Unify under Aunt Jude's banner. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Right now. Charlene, you have your hand raised. Go ahead, Charlene. Um, oh, I just had to raise my hand because... You know, uh, the name for them are Grinos, grassroots in name only. Yes. I mean, they are trying to siphon off the grassroots momentum because they do not have any momentum. And they know that Colorado is mega country, as is the whole United States. And Vivek Ramaswamy is, he is actually, you know, uh, profiting from the whole MAGA thing. Yeah, That's yeah. where the energy is. They don't want to be left out. And no. so now they're pretending to be grassroots. And, you know, I just posted that she's sharing that information to different Facebook pages. Yeah. I said, if if you are going to, uh, you know, use sources, radio hosts like Sonnenberg and if and you're going to use KBB and um, oh, uh, oh, oh, and Krista Kafer, who actually yeah. filed the lawsuit to take Trump off of the ballot in yeah. Colorado, if those are your people that you're using, then you're not, you're not grassroots and you're just trying to suck the, the energy out of the grassroots and try, and you know, like she said, we're going to try to corral their energy in the right direction. <laughs> she's trying, she's going to try to get the grassroots to grow, to go in her direction. So right. she is, they are, I'm just so, I mean, it, I'm not, I'm, I'm fascinated by it, that, that they are so. And I've seen some of your Facebook stuff on there, Celine, and you do a great job. Yeah. You need your home podcast. I'm just telling you. Yeah, um, but, but I it, mean, it's I thought, so obvious. I mean, it is. So, it I is thought so they would have beautiful because I, see, thought, I thought they had lots and lots of people where they didn't even need the grassroots. They need the grassroots so badly. They are, they have nothing except without the grassroots they're trying to co-opt the grassroots before right. they get any more energy in colorado and right. and you know it's like i'm thinking well you know i thought heidi had all this support you know there's just a few a few people in caldera is one of them and there anyone that's a friend of krista kafer is oh. not a friend of make america great it's not america first no. and it's not on board with the energy of this country right now and so anyway i but then i remember looking at some of her her campaign rallies yeah her big one the big one right before the election she had about 30 people there the big yeah. one <laughs> and so she did she doesn't Heidi remember she had it up there at right. not the stampede but that other uh you know like country and western place up there uh, in, Rose? Uh, yes you're right yeah I think that was it I'm not 100% sure but I think it was and so I thought oh gosh there's going to be hundreds and hundreds but then there was a picture two or three pictures of very few people there and so she does not really they don't really have any the support of the people they no. have a, the support of a few people that are in key positions and they make a lot of noise and uh, it's just really pitiful I mean it's it really is. fascinating oh, wait, Charlene. so Ted, Todd Watkins wants to know have you trademarked Grino he says is that available for use <laughs> yes that is available for use Grino Grassroots. Well, right, now you have like lots of us have a little trouble with Jimmy's last name. It's Sengenberger. So the key to it Sengenberger. is yeah, Sengenberger. Yeah, yeah. The key uh-huh. to it is is what a lot of other people say: senseless burger. Just so <laughs> Jimmy senseless burger has very. He is so, and they're all you know they're yeah, just they Jimmy just senseless burger. 
Yeah, and you know, and that was just adding on to my LPR thing. It's like those people are Koch brother influenced and oh, Anschutz yeah. influenced. Yeah. And when I was in that organization, I would speak up for trying. And I would not get support from the people that were in charge. And I thought, gosh, I don't understand this. And I would always speak up and I would always get looks like, oh, no, 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 that we don't we don't build up Trump around here. So (laughs) then I knew it was who it was, you know, made up of. So anyway, I'm fascinated and I just like to see it fold out. And and I like to see (laughs) she only had one like on that page, by the way. Oh, wow. Facebook. Yeah. But yeah, she's shooting the wrong arms. Okay, Charlene, thank you for that. And, and okay. thank, you for, thank you for the battles you do there on Facebook. Yeah, you did a good job. Well, here's, here's Jacob to everyone. Where does Peter Boyles and Dick Wadham stand on grassroots? Don't like him. Don't like him. Don't like him. Don't like him. And could yeah. Governor Huckabee be Trump's pick for VIP? Could be. Could be. Um, that's the best part of that video is we now know that Rebecca has an iPhone. That must remember that was the whole thing about Rebecca. I'm bad from here. Um, you know, Heidi's group is really grinos, grassroots and name only. Yeah, they weren't even pretending. And here's, they're having a harder and harder time, though. I was at our Adams County Republican Party meeting last night, and there were several candidates. And one of, there was a candidate, um, um, Richard Holtorp, his spokesman was Buckley. there. Um, and he was, he's running for cd Three, CD4. There's like 800 people running for CD4 and was going on and on about how grassroots he is. Now, the bulk of the people who were at the meeting last night at Adams County are grassroots. I felt kind of sorry for him because he's talking about, you know, this guy's grassroots, you know, credentials and stuff like that. And then one little lady sitting behind me, I'll say her name, Wendy McBride. She is amazing. She's on her phone. Doo, 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 doo. She goes to the Liberty Scorecard right. and then she raises her hand and she's like, do you see the Liberty Scorecard rate, which is a D, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and then you just say, well, that Liberty scorecard, you know, yeah. that's meaningless. And so, but, but you know, I, I, as you guys, I, you've heard me say, there are more of us and there are of them. And we have cell phones and we can Google with the best of them. I had I, a, a prior one, Gabe Evans came, also is running in uh, CD8. Um, and uh, I said, well, what's your Liberty scorecard? And he said, I, I have no idea. Jeez, so all these I people went. No, 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 no. He says, no, no. I said, it's a 63. He says, not 67. And you're going, I thought you had no idea what you're, oh, well, uh, oh, yeah. I, no, no, it's a. It's better than Democrats, I think. <laughs> Not really. So anyway, so it is funny. So keep your eye. Don't give them the clicks, though. The Heidi Ganassa, we just wanted to say Todd Watkins was right. Yeah. Um, they had totally. But and- here's where we're wrong. Heidi in that thing said she's going to get um, the Anschutz people for for the Gazette and other ones. And we said, no, Anschutz is not going to let you do anything. I was wrong. I mean, Anschutz has decided they're going to work with Heidi because if you look at all, she's an aggregator. It's an aggregator of Denver Gazette, Colorado Politics, Independence and, Institutes, Complete Colorado, this new Colorado one. Peak Politics, and the lobby. And the lobby. Let me tell you about the lobby. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's it started cropping you're sure up. You're, you know, they're sending tons of emails out every day. They get a newsletter, and they have a site too. Um, political insiders tell us that it's linked to Roger Hudson. Roger Hudson has been a longtime establishment mouthpiece. Some background, interesting background on this. So the lobby, um, I, I believe, is somehow or another. At least these people believe. It's somehow or another linked to Roger Hudson. Now the lobby, which perpets, which says it's just going to be giving you the news straight up, you can, straight up. so you can form your own opinion, immediately yeah. trashes Dave Williams. Dave Williams. <laughs> and then it immediately starts trashing Lauren Boebert. 
who's running in CD3. What's interesting about them trashing CD4, CD4. What's interesting about them, Roger Hudson, trashing Lauren Boebert in CD4. Roger Hudson is the deputy chief of staff for minority leader Mike Lynch, who is also running for wait for it, CD4. So it's again, it's so Heidi Ganahl is also using the lobby. So her whole thing over grassroots, grassroots, it's just, you know, all they're doing, you know, her, oh, I can work with Dave Williams. Yeah, I can, I can, can trash Dave yeah. Williams just as well as anybody else. I'm not sure, but Heidi Ganahl's definition of work with is. A work over <laughs> yeah, Dave Williams. That's what she meant to say. But I want, when she says, would you like to work with us? It'd be like, no, that's okay. That's okay. If you do wear your bulletproof vest and your helmet, you know, so and you're right. She's going to work over. She meant, I meant to say work over. Yeah. Same oh, did thing. I, did I? Uh, she meant to say, I'm going to row over the grassroots, <laughs> not work with the grassroots. So there's that. Um, moving on to some national stuff, because there's a lot of fun stuff going on nationally. I don't know if you guys saw Rand Paul today um, came out and he, he was teasing it. Well, he didn't exactly say who he was going to endorse for president. Well, he, said, he, said, he said, oh, big announcement on endorsement. Right. Exactly. That, that was the tease. Yes, exactly. And he didn't endorse, but he did have this to say, which is pretty funny. If we could um, please, Thomas, play the Rand Paul soundbite. Announcing this morning that I'm never Nikki. If you go to nevernikki.net, you can let her know that you're not a supporter either. I don't think any informed or knowledgeable libertarian or conservative should support Nikki Haley. I've seen her attitude towards our our interventions overseas. I've seen her involvement in the military-industrial complex, $8 million being paid to become part of the team. But I've also seen her indicate that she thinks you should be registered to use the internet, that people are posting ideas anonymously. I think she fails to understand that our republic was founded upon people like Ben Franklin, Sam Adams, Madison, John Jay, and others who posted routinely for fear of the government. They posted routinely anonymously. And I think her failure to really understand that or to think that you should register through the government somehow for the internet is something that should disqualify her in the minds of all libertarian-leaning conservatives. So I'm announcing today I'm Never Nikki. You can go to nevernikki.net and sign up and show her that you're Never Nikki also. <laughs> That's kind of vicious. I mean, a little bit. The one thing it was a little bit wrong on, I mean, some of those people did not um, be anonymous because they feared the government. They were anonymous because they wanted the uh, their ideas, not who they were, but their ideas to be discussed uh, and not just kind of people endlessly worrying about the personality. They said, okay, just take our ideas. Are they good? Are they bad? Do they stink? Are they wonderful? And let's debate those. And it's a lot easier because let's face it, when you're debating somebody and you're losing the argument, you automatically go against them personally. (laughs) It's the easiest thing in the world to do in an argument, kind of like, well, Yes, sure, we should the states be free to do their own immigration. They go, oh, yeah, but what about that kickback you got last year, you know? (laughs) Well, I think it is. It it does seem to me, though, what do you think is behind this? I could see Rand Paul coming out and saying, I hate, don't like Nikki Haley, but, but actually, I mean, is it, you know, launching a website is not free, right? No, not that, it's not that, but I mean, why do you think he's going, what does, do you think is behind he him? Hates Nikki Haley. He just hates her. No, I mean, I understand totally why he hates Nikki Haley. And he figures that the ma- mainstream media will give her a pass and yeah. the mainstream media will just go sucking up 
everything they can and how wonderful a little woman she is and how she's a great American story and her, her common sense positions on on the military industrial complex being a wonderful group of people. Well, and I saw Babylon B had a funny thing with Nikki Haley. They had Nikki Haley sitting in a couch with a bowl of popcorn and it said Nikki Haley settling in to watch Biden bomb Yemen. <laughs> <laughs> and and from 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 Charlene, I bet Heidi Heidi's grinos are hashtag always Nikki. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um well and speaking of the Yemen, I just okay. So we're so the, Nikki and say, Heidi are Kind of similar individual. Oh yeah. So I want to see if I have sort of the flow of money straight. So we okay. we give Iran billions and billions of dollars, right? Yes. Iran then turns around and arms Hamas yes. and then arms the Houthis, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So then the Houthis start shooting at us in the Red Sea, mm-hmm. right? So we shoot back at them. Yeah. Right? Yes. With so so what if we had just simply not given the money to Iran in the first place, then we wouldn't have had Hamas armed and we wouldn't have had the Houthis armed and we could have- And where would Raytheon be? Okay. Where would General Dynamics be? Sorry. At least on various of those lists, they're the ones supplying (laughs) the missiles and everything else. I mean, come on. If you're Raytheon, that's right. So you're supplying the Houthis shooting at us. Yes. And and you're uh, supplying us shooting at the the Houthis. Win-win. Win-win. It's like, I'm sorry, call me crazy. I mean, I was looking at that and it's like, could somebody, you just know, if you're a person in the State Department, you wanted to raise your hand, I'm like, I'm sorry, what if we quit sending money to Iran? Maybe we won't have to keep attacking the Houthis and be like something. Leo says, let's just give the the money directly uh, to Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. Don't worry, we do that too. (laughs) You know, Leo, think of the lives that would save if we just said here. Yeah, here, but no, no, money. no, no. And then they people could, would say, "Well, you're paying them so much," and kind of like, "Well, well because it's, it's preventing wars." Yeah, <laughs> it's like that does seem to sort of cut out the whole middleman. Well, I guess what would the hoodies do then? But so then you now, we're, hoodies manufacture their own. We're probably going to go to war, right now. The Democrats, right. somebody is not on page because the Democrats. I was reading a headline are outraged over Biden attacking Yemen without calling them. But I thought the Democrats are pro-war now, right? Don't the Democrats like war? Ukraine? Yes. yes, yes. Right? Well, there are, couple, there, there are a couple out there that are old fuddy-duddies from the 60s or something. Um, yeah, you know, they're just a minority voice. The rest of the Democrats are thrilled. And the Republicans who, you know... Well, Mitch McConnell oh, is totally Mitch happy. Mitch McConnell, Mr. Dynamics, Mr. General Dynamics, uh, is is really thrilled. Because it was starting to get boring in Ukraine, right? And, yeah. and so, and I mean, I don't know how many people were dying a day, but it wasn't enough to. Oh, they felt maybe no, they run and, out of people. And the Israelis but... aren't reporting how many people are killing in Gaza and vice versa. So we've got to go to a little more excitement and, and go to uh, Yemen. Go to Yemen. It's, it's another one of those countries. People are like, where? Do you know what I mean? They kind of vaguely know. And and again, so I... But the Houthis, it's great because the Houthis aren't really the Yemenis government. They're the rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are, So you can't blame the... You can't say, we're going to get you, Yemenis government. And they're going to we're not us. But I it's go, our enemies, the Houthis. I go back to my point. If we weren't giving... And I guess you're right, silly me. We're, of course, we're giving around all this money to arm all of these people yeah. so we can go to war against them. Yeah, well, they can attack... Israel and we can uh, arm Israel with fourteen point four billion, and then and then they attack us in the Red Sea, and we can attack back, and and everybody just kind of it makes money. 
makes money, oil prices will spike. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll for, be great for, except for everyone except us. It's like, but but again, well, we are the we are yeah. there to be beaten and kicked and pushed around. I That's mean, right. Until ever since Obama got in there, saying no nation shall be above another nation. <laughs> That's right. The That's right. will be above all of us. <laughs> hey, and fi- finally, we have, we'll play the video, and there's a little bit to say about it. Chuck found this video too for Party Friday. Um, this the Trump campaign is is brilliant. This is um, our party. Friday video, courtesy of the Trump campaign. If we could please play Thomas White House Senior Living. At White House Senior Living, our residents feel right at home. Our vibrant facility offers delightful activities and outings, round-the-clock professional care, and exquisite house-made meals. I've been eating everything that's put in front of me, but I've been eating all, all Italian food, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream. White House Senior Living, where residents feel like presidents. And if you ever listen, you didn't see it. They show in there. They show Biden kind of doddering around and and that interview yeah, ice cream eating cone. ice cream cones and things like that. You know, and it, I mean it's hilarious. And the thing is, and this is where Trump and he is better at this than pretty much anybody mm-hmm. else, right? The the. the Things are funny like that because no matter what political party you're on, you can't help but see that there is a lot of truth truth to that, which makes it, you know, the best comedy is when it's actually underlyingly true. Right. Right, And and Trump, that's why his nickname stick and all of that, because there's there's truth to it underneath it all. And I'm like, I'm surprised it didn't take them. They didn't get that out sooner. But I just thought that was that was brilliant. Um, And we'll see one other thing, too, then. And this kind of ties into that. Hunter Biden has decided. He will, in fact, cooperate with the subpoena. I think that's because Jill called them up and said, Hunter, you're causing problems. If they issue him a new subpoena. Well, why not comply with the old subpoena? (laughs) They want a new one. (laughs) We want a new one, please. (laughs) The old one's tarnished and it's no good. We need a new one. And when they give them a new one, they go, ha ha, we're not paying that one either. I like the old one better. Um, And Monday, we're going to have some folks with the Alliance Defending Freedom. You may have heard in Jefferson County, this is just outrageous. They had um, a middle school field trip where um, they had a boy trans who claimed to be transgender. They were putting him and making him share rooms with the girls. And then when the girls complained, they told the girls to knock it off and then to not tell their parents about it. Right. right? And so that's the key for school today. Yeah. Don't tell those stinking parents about anything they're annoying they don't support our unionized teachers keep them out of the loop that's right and so we're going to be talking to them about that and their efforts to fight back there um, but that's going to do it for us in the party, right? so you all go out there and, and party away that's right thank you to thomas everyone on on zoom catch all of our shows at chuckandjulie.com we'll see you on monday have a great weekend everybody take care